You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Well, you wouldn't believe it, but the show literally ended 90 seconds ago. Yeah. And this is a true post-show podcast. What's up? The post-game podcast, Jerry. Uh, you asked me to reach out to uh, Nikki Glazer's people. Yes. Uh, to see if she would come on your show when you're filling in. And yeah. uh, I've reached out. I, I direct messaged her on Instagram. Oh, okay. Slid right into her DMs, That's, I tried. She doesn't accept uh, direct messages on Twitter. On unless... Twitter. Uh, on yeah. uh, Instagram, I don't think you have a choice. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I tried because because they're, right. they're her contacts on her website. They're it's just the company, and they're huge companies in Beverly Hills. They're That's never going to get back to That's why I was wondering if you this. had any, if you knew anyone from those companies. You know, I've listened to a lot of her uh, interviews recently. She was on Mark Marin. She was on Conan O'Brien, and in in those interviews, she and even when she's been on Howard Stern, she says she does read her DMs. Okay. So uh, maybe she, you know, I just asked for a name of who I could reach out to. Oh, it's perfect. That'd be, I thought it'd be the timing would be perfect. Yes. Tour starts on Friday the 2nd. We've got that week. I think she starts in Vegas. So I figure maybe Monday morning, whatever. Why not try, Jerry? She's still in St. Louis, Missouri. She is. Right. So not that early with nine o'clock. It's, you know, let's go. And then you mentioned you want Bob Euchre as well. That, well. And then who was the third one? Uh, Terry Collins, who I oh, love talking to. So he, Al, uh, Sal t- works with him. That's done. Okay. The Euchre one, he, someone from SNY already reached out. They heard it and said, good luck. No chance. Really? He doesn't do interviews. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he, we'll try, but I, that's whatever. If I, hey, listen, end up with Nikki Glazer Tuesday and Terry Collins Thursday. Beautiful. You'd be Wonderful. thrilled, Jerry. Yeah, I would. That'd be perfect. I'd like to get Nikki Glazer in studio. So would I. Oh, yeah. But the problem with that is. I will not be hosting when she's here. Right. I want to talk to her. <laughs> yes. Yes, we've talked about this. Nothing more frustrating than uh, somebody that you like that you would love to interview being interviewed by somebody who doesn't really care. Right. And, and she's like, in uh, on September 23rd. We probably could get her in. Maybe. I'm not, and you know what? Maybe have her in if we can get her. Have her in again. Come in in person. Boom would be right on our Wikipedia page. He might know who she is. Yeah. He might. He's a big he does love stand-up comedians. guy. Yes, he very well could know. And so might G. I don't know. I just I've I've for a couple years now. I've been on her. Um, I just I think she's great. So. Literally, you've been on her. Literally, Jared. I have <laughs> not been. Oh A boomer got me so pumped to to watch this Bill Burr at Red Rocks. You yes, know, he, and I watched it. I have such a hard time now watching stand-up comedy. So do I. I told you that. I, it's very. Although I like her. I find stand-up comedian Netflix posts them all the time. I put it off five minutes. I'm like, I'm bored. Yeah. Not funny. 
I, I can still uh, sit through hers. Yes, she's, uh, she's good. And Bill Burr, I do like, but the thing is, it's like in that it's, one that Red Rocks was just shot weird. So it was shot weird one. The color was off. I the lighting was think, off. So he did the whole thing about female athletes yeah. being paid like men. There was nothing funny about it. I felt like he was just telling you what right. he thinks. And while I happen to agree with some of the stuff he was saying, because it's at the end of the day, it is about drawing eyeballs to the sets if you want to be paid. It is about fan attendance. And if you don't have that, why like why should a person in the WNBA get paid anywhere near what an NBA player makes when you can't compare the viewing audiences and the popularity of it? Right. But I felt like he was like yelling at us. <laughs> Right. I, I thought it was weird. Again, I, I agree with that premise. Some of the other stuff you went a little far. But, like, that premise I got, but it wasn't funny. I thought it was interesting. I don't know. It was weird. There were yeah, parts the, of it that were funny, but that part was weird. Yeah. And then I kind of put it on, on my iPad when I was making dinner and things. Like, right. it's one of those things. Like, Bobby Dwyer used to listen to Netflix comedy shows on his way in. Okay. I think that's more realistic than sitting down and watching and a stand-up watching comedian. But when I was younger, man, I I, I loved an hour-long stand-up special. Right. Like, I was locked in. Richard Lewis, Gary Shanling. Like, I was... Ellen DeGeneres had some great specials. Yeah, sure. But I just can't watch them now. Just like I was listening to, to Joe Rogan. He had a comedian, Nate Bargatze or something. Okay. He was very popular. I, I'm not that much aware of him. But for the last hour of the podcast, they were just watching things that they were talking about. And then the, Joe Rogan would bring them up on YouTube. I'm like, what percentage of his audience is watching his podcast versus yeah. listening, to, listening to it? And for like an hour, I didn't know what they were. I was just like, can we move on? I yeah. don't know what this is. I would think the majority is listening, not watching. Correct. I would think. But then again, if I go to YouTube and check, or not YouTube, it would be Spotify. But, they don't, sp- but do they show the amount of viewers? Like YouTube does? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Spotify does with their podcasts. I'm not sure either. Because I get that on the uh, Roku. I can watch it, but I don't. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they do. Right. You can watch it on your app even. On your phone, you can yeah, watch right. the podcast. That's right. Right. But Good you got to, uh, yeah, I don't know. But when I listen, I'm driving, so I'm not watching. It. Me too. Uh, I did start watching that Manti Teo documentary. Yeah. And the thing that I find interesting about it, not specifically that topic, but this idea of when the news goes with a story. It's like a hurricane. It's like a hurricane. Can't stop, can't stop it. And you don't get any details. Whatever details they, that the news wants to focus on. Like, it's very hard. It's like what Gio always tells me about me fighting people on Twitter. He says, like, Twitter is not a place where you can have a nuanced conversation back and forth. Like how you can in a podcast mm-hmm. or an interview. And it's like the same with the news cycle. It's like they just want to tell you Manti Teo had a fake girlfriend. He got catfished. And then there's no real follow-up to right. it or details to it unless something like 2020 does something or Dateline or this Netflix thing. There were just so many because I was interested in that story when it happened. Right. And, and there were so many, and I'm only 45 minutes into this, so many details that I wasn't aware of even the timeline of it. So it's just weird, like, how many stories that we don't look into that we just take the 
what the news is reporting or what just keeps getting reported over and over well, again. Well, I think you can take that with every story on the news. I mean, just look at the pandemic. They gave you the news, and I, I'm sure the anchors will tell you that it's fair and balanced to use an old – Fox News that used to do fair and balanced? Uh, one of Someone them did. used to do it. But they're also really reading what the producers are writing for, what the yeah. writers are writing for them. And I don't know how many of those guys are going and fact-checking what they're presenting to the public. And depending upon the station, that's the slant you get. Partially true, slanted to the narrative you're trying to get out there. I think it's like that with anything. If it's going to get hits and clicks, you you read it and you move on. Right. And that's that. And I think where some people do look into it is when it hits home and it has a real impact on what you're doing. So I bring up the pandemic because if you didn't agree with what you were hearing about masking or the vaccine, a lot of people did like real hard research online. Because it directly impacted their every day. Manti Teo did not impact them at all. It was more a funny, you felt bad for him, and yet it was a talking point and a joke at a cocktail party. Right, probably all the late night talk shows were doing Manti Teo Probably. Every one of them did it. Yeah. So I think it depends on the, the impact it has on you directly, how much you actually care to dig deeper. You know, I that that would be my take on it. Yeah, that's probably true. Like it didn't impact my day, but it was interesting to hear right. the real story. Well, you looked into the vaccine stuff. You looked into the masking stuff. Yeah, you looked that's into true. a lot of different things because that was no matter who you were in this country, it mattered where you worked, how you worked, how you got to work, where you're going to be home, how you went into Walmart. I mean. It was like you couldn't go five steps without that having an impact on your life. Right. Manta, unfortunately, he was more entertainment for everybody. Yes. Sadly. He was uh, our entertainment. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, like Boomer and Carton were on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I remember which gym I was I was going to the gym in Baskin Ridge where I remember hearing that interview on Jim Rome. Got it. Manti Teo. Hmm. Yeah, it was very weird, very, very bizarre. But uh, it's interesting if uh, you're into that sort of thing. Uh, it's on uh, Netflix right now. Uh, we were talking also earlier in this program, in your program with Sal, about working at WFAN when Imus worked here. Yeah. And how there was an an, an aura. aura. Yeah. Was the aura, what type of aura was it? Was it an aura like? That it was bigger than the radio station. Was there there was a fear aura also that you didn't want to I never screw felt, up in no, front of I, them? I never felt that like Sal was talking about. There was an intimidation factor, I would say. There was um there was a feeling of Imus was the major celebrity in the building. Wasn't just a radio guy. He wasn't just a talk show host. He was Imus in the morning, like this legendary figure. And it was if he doesn't know you. You don't talk to him. Like, it's pretty simple. The eye contact thing is a little goofy, but, I mean, I know what Eddie's saying. Um, and so I remember, I'll never forget the first day he actually was nice to me. And not that he wasn't, he was never mean to me, other than that one time when I almost cried and quit. <laughs> um, he just never said anything to me. And then there was one time that Sid got a story wrong. And I called the control room to tell Bernie. I was driving home. I said, hey, it's Jerry. Just tell Sid... That's what it was. Sid was talking about how the Yankees would never get no hit 
like other teams. I forget what it was. And I called Bernie immediately. I'm like, hey, just in Sid's he- ear uh, headphones, just let him know the Yankees got no hit last season, combined no hitter by the Astros. I think that's what it was. And he goes, oh, that's too good. Hold on. So he told Imus in his headset, not Sid. And then Imus is like, and who's telling you this? And Bernie said, it was me, the overnight sports anchor. And then from that point forward, he like referenced me several times. It was like, it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, but the, so here's what I, here's what I would say. Joe was on overnight. Bernie and Lou would come in anywhere between five and five thirty, And then at five thirty, that was it for the sports lights went down to the control room. That door got shut. And now Charles was on at five, very professional news guy goes in there at five thirty. never really came out. He was in there doing the news. You got a news writer going crazy, trying to get the six o'clock news, you know, prepared. You got the sports tape op trying to get stuff ready for Breen. Breen coming over and dictating what he wants. First of all, saying, All right, let's go over the sound you have. And we had a from two, you didn't show up at four o'clock. From two until five, you were cutting sports sound like crazy after you cut the news sound. So it was by six o'clock you could relax. But those first four hours were as pressurized the four hours I've ever done. So then you say, all right, Mike, here's what we have. They got 12 clips here. You run them, and you were listening for stupid, goofy things. And be like, all right, we're going to take that one, start it at this word, five seconds in, clip it right here. And you had to write everything down. And then at 6.10, he would come over, where is everything? And he had to bring the carts in with the sound for Lou to play. So anyway, 5.30, Charles, news writer, 5.45 after traffic, taped best of from the day before. Lights out, everything. And remember, it's not like now where there's no one here. There are people all over the place. He's got his assistant. Bernie's running around. News writer. Charles is running around. Breen is, you know, doing things. Then Warner Wolf. And then his, he would come like lumbering in at 5.58. Cowboy hat on. Sometimes with a cigarette in his mouth, sometimes a gun on his hip, and always the bag, you know, walking slowly. He'd go into that control room, into the studio, and then, bam, 6 o'clock it was on. Cameras were on. And remember, radio TV, radio guys on TV didn't happen back then. He was like, it. And it was just, I don't know. I There's no other. You weren't allowed in the control room. You don't touch that studio door. And it was just, like Sal said, at 10 o'clock when the show was over and he got through the newsroom, it was like, all right, the that show's over. You just felt like you were witnessing history. I And I knew it at the time. I felt it at the time. And it was, it was different. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you think that will happen again for a radio star? I don't know. I mean, I think you were at K-Rock. My sense is it was the same way with Stern, with the Stern show over there. Yeah. And that's the other thing about Imus. 
he had, and I know Boomer's got his office and everything like that. Like, I miss had that wing, as you remember, that hallway, that before you got there, Mike and Chris's office was his, that gigantic office in the corner. With the wood paneling. Yeah. And then there were not one, you had the one, but there were two IMIS offices. And then even the one that became the Boomer and Carton office was an IMIS. I mean, they owned everywhere. And then we were left with the newsroom and a small little <laughs> studio. Like that was, he built the place basically. Yeah. So, yeah, when I don't I, know. When I was at K-Rock, I, I was working in the afternoon. So I wasn't there the same time Howard was there, but his crew would, some of his yes. crew would still be there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like they had... And I understand it's serious. It's a lot more like he's got a full wing. Yeah. At K-Rock, it wasn't really, you know, because the show grew while he was there. Sure. So they didn't have, they didn't control everything. You know, the Howard had a studio that you did not go into. Right. You know. Off limits. Off limits. And an office that was off limits, although open because there was really nothing in there. There was a, Howard had like a couch and... For some reason, there was a scale, like like a doctor's office scale when you go in there. I don't <laughs> know if they just left it in there when they sure. used to weigh people yeah, on yeah. the air. But that was it. It was like nothing on the walls. It was just a place for him to meditate and rest. That was it. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even really interact with his people because I didn't want to yeah. annoy them. Bernie and Lou were cool. Like they were, they would, they would walk around that old bastard. Like, you know, like he, he was hard to work for, but, and they also, it was not unusual to see Lou still there at three o'clock working on stuff for the next day. Bernie would be there till noon. Bernie got in earlier than Lou. Bernie was there before five, probably four forty-five, And he was always there till noon. And on production days, when Rob Barlett and Larry Kenny would come in to do bits and write scripts and pieces, Bernie would stay all day with them as they would go. They have a production meeting in that other, the Joey DeFazio studio. No one knows what that means, but you'd understand all the way around the other side. It was just the Imus production studio. And Imus would stay some days till one, two o'clock in the afternoon doing bits and songs. It was just different. Where did he live, Imus? On the west side by Central Park. So New York City. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he used to come in. That was the other thing. So you talk about Aura. So every morning, Imus got there by 5, I would say, every morning, right around 5 o'clock, led by his limo driver, who was carrying his stuff, and then Imus would follow him in slowly. It was, it, you felt like you were in the midst of a star. You did. You absolutely did. Yeah, that's what I wonder. Well, like, will radio see that again? I can't answer that. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know the answer to that. But that was, and maybe perhaps for me more than others, having listened to him and then yeah to me it would be it would be the equivalent right now if I started working for Stern not that I was a huge Stern fan you know I wasn't but I you know last few years I but I also know he is a star that would be cool to see him yeah it is interesting how some people even outside of their like if I miss had an aura about him in WFN but there are people that have it on the outside as well yeah I agree. Like I still told you, I think I told you, I'm sure I did. I, I walked by Heidi Klum one time yeah. on the streets of New York, and it was like this angel mm-hmm. presence walking down the street. I was like, like there was just something. And you're like taken by it. Yeah. Yep. There was just something about her. Mm-hmm. In Just being out in public, yeah. I was like, oh, that's, that. Oh, who is that? Because I, I knew it was somebody. 
Yeah. First time I saw Tiger Woods in person within five feet, I was, I told you, two stars, two athletes. I've only two in all these years doing this. I've been starstruck over. And it was Tiger Woods on the tee at Beth Page when I got there for a practice round at 6 a.m. So how far were you from him? Five feet. He came walking around. And I wasn't, I didn't know he was there. Got there with my dad, but my dad was on another tee. I went to like the second tee at like 6.30 in the morning or something. We got there really early. He might have went to get a coffee or something. So I go right to the second tee. Not many people there yet. And like out of the trees comes Tiger Woods. And I'm like, holy F, that's Tiger Woods. And he was literally like three, four feet from me putting the ball on the tee in the ground. And it's like, you're like, oh. And the second time was the first time I went in the Yankee clubhouse and had a, and Jeter was standing there. And he's my age. Yeah. I'm older than him by a year. But it was like, that's Jeter. What, what? Do I, can I, am I allowed to talk to him? Meantime, I got a pass on in a recorder. Yes, I was allowed to talk to him. I was like, oh, I got nothing. He's Derek Jeter. <laughs> Who do you think athletes that are playing today would have that aura? LeBron. LeBron James, for sure. Tom Brady. Really? No Tom Brady? Yeah, I, he seems like too nice of a guy. But you don't think he would have like this aura no, about him when he got into a room I actually don't. that the room would change as you say like but you think LeBron walks in a room the room the... changes yeah I guess because of what he's done the room change but I could say the room would change yeah I guess yeah he's another level yeah no you're probably right with that to me like all right when Shaq there's another starstruck when Shaq walked through here I was blown away we've had other people walk through again whatever hmm. so you might maybe you're right with Brady I don't know Shaq, yeah, that's Shaq right. For that's sure. the third one for me. Because of his sheer size also. Yes, and he's Shaq, and I've loved him from the time he came out of, you know, when he was with the Orlando Magic. It's I just think the guy's tremendous. And what he's, about, he's a star off, you know, the court too. So I felt it like when Hulk Hogan was in. Sure. But again. I wasn't a wrestling fan, so to me that was like, oh, it's Hulk Hogan. Oh. Yeah, but he was, again, he was here as Hulk Hogan. He wasn't in right. like, like he was in a sleeveless shirt that had his caricature on it and he had his headband on. Like, yeah. that's Hulk Hogan there. Yes, that's Hulk Hogan. And then Mike Tyson is the other one, only because... I don't think I was here the day he was here. He was been here twice, I okay. think. Okay. I feel like I haven't been here when he's been in. Yeah. I mean, he's got the face tattoo. Know. Know. You know it. If he wanted to... He could kill you with one punch. <laughs> yeah. So that was a weird aura. Yeah. It's, it's, weird, how it's some, weird some people have it and some people yeah. are just nice people. And you'll even hear it about, like, sometimes when I'm talking about radio hosts and things, like people on FAN, we go, you know, oh, you know, that person is, you know, what do you think of so-and-so on the air? I was like, well, you know, does a sports show, but there's not an, and I guess the word I'm looking for is aura. There's not an aura about them that, separates them sure. right because it's very difficult to do to talk to yourself for four hours 100 percent. i could not do that but then there's got to be something that separates the people that have the ability to talk to themselves for four hours versus what makes them next level yes and entertaining yeah that and engaging to where you want to listen to them yeah oh every I day agree. i agree and there's different ways to do that i mean you can be the the agitator and just say something to piss people off where they're going to call and yell at you, and yet they're still listen. Or you can say things like a Colin Cowherd, who is, I know he gets he gets ridiculed by a lot of people, but he's the type 
where he will say very calculated things to get you in an up to, to um, not get you in a, get you in an uproar. Um, and yet, a lot of times, we'll also talk on a, an intellectual level that a lot of his audience probably don't have, like me. <laughs> right. Um, and that can be very engaging in a way where you want to hear him. There are different. There's different ways to do it. Yeah. The best way is be yourself and have it. Just have it. And not everyone has that. Right. We don't know what it is. We don't. But when you have it, it's obvious. But you must have it. Yes. To succeed. Yeah. That's true. Very true. I think Sal has it. I agree with you. I, I've said that to you for years. I've always, I've been a big believer in Sal. I think he is, I think he's got an opportunity to be that next level host. But I've said, I've literally said that for 10 years. Yeah, right. And the, but, but where do you, you know, you need a slot to open sure. up that's oh, yeah. not overnight, you know? Correct. So that's I, the tough thing. Yes, I agree with you. I think Sal could do any day part and succeed at it. I agree, Jerry. I don't run this place. Also, the other good thing about Sal, I don't know if he has an agent. I'd love to he doesn't. represent him. He does can do a solo show. Oh, yeah. And be entertaining. Right. Entertaining and energetic. Yes. And in a world of how do we cut salary, how do we cut, you got, got one guy that can do it instead yes, he of can. two guys. Yes, he can. Very true. He doesn't have an agent? No. Interesting. Nope. He asked me who my guy was. I'm like, I don't have one either. And we're looking at each other like two idiots. <laughs> nope. No. But if you, in order for an agent to work, the agent has to get you more money than, than you're currently making. And that they're they're going to take as part of their deal. Otherwise, it's That a, is it's the problem wash. that a couple of guys I've spoken to have told me. They said it's going to take a lot of work to get you to a level to where we're making money that you're comfortable paying us for. Right. So it's, and they would tell me, like, it's just, like, you do too well. Not as well as you probably could do, but you do too well for us to take you on now. Right. Yet before I made what I make, I wasn't making enough for you to take a flyer on me. It's a fine line. Here's the fine, the fine line is probably we're a beginner, like a full-time beginner host. That makes that minimum beginner full-time salary on the air. That's when you need them. That's when you need the agent. Because all you're doing is taking what they give you because you really you have no leverage. No leverage. They're giving you this amazing opportunity. So you'll take whatever it is. But now you're a full-time talk show host. Future's bright. Now an agent can help you get to the next three steps. There you go. And it keeps you from having awkward money conversations with the boss. Yes, which I don't care for either. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like those conversations. Me neither. It's, yeah, no. Not great. No, Jerry. It's not great. It's like arbitration. They tell you why you shouldn't get the raise you expect. <laughs> There's nothing worse than laying out everything. Yeah. Like, I do this, I do that, I do this, that, this. I really think I deserve this. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, so we'll, uh, no. we'll give you this. Yeah. Or nothing. Okay. Okay, bye. Where do I sign? Bye. <laughs> I got two kids. <laughs> I can't take a chance. <laughs> One's going to college next year. Uh, you got my balls, too? Uh, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's tough. <laughs> Terrible. It's also tough with certain... That's why it's funny to me, like, when we talk about this, too, how certain guys appear to have leverage, though you don't think they should. Right. <laughs> 
right? Because we always think like, like, who's hiring you? Yeah, or like, where else are you going? Right. There's no. There aren't many options unless you want to uproot your family. Right. Or exactly. if you want to get into the podcasting game and can find a gambling company that's going to pay you a lot of money and right. no one's going to hear you. Right. It's an option, I suppose. It's yeah. It is weird. Like you can't go down the hall and go, really, FAN, if you don't pay me this, I'm going to go to Home Depot and stock shelves. Oh, uh, yeah. So what lens you guys think about that before I <laughs> see ya? before I walk out of here? Pretty much. You know, there's certain like everyone says, oh, no job is safe. And that is true. But certain jobs have more certain professions have more opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Right. So if you're an yes. accountant and there's a million accounting firms. Correct. You're and nurse, if you're really you're... good at what you do, they might not want to lose you because by losing you, they might lose the business you handle. Yeah. So people do have leverage. There are some, in terms of talk show hosts, that bring in a lot of money to a station because companies want to invest in that personality. Right. They're valuable. If you're just a talk show host, well, you're just another one in the line of 8,000 that want to do what you do. No leverage. No leverage. You must have hand, Jerry. It's true. The upper hand. All right, let's do the warm-up program. Did that with CeeLo. Now, tomorrow, Jerry, you're back in the host chair again, this time with Mr. Greg Giannotti. Yes, it's a little different for me. Thursday and Friday. Yeah. He's Uh, back running the program, and I react. And then next week, all regular shows. Everyone's in their spot. next week. (laughs) For real? No. No, I'm here. All right. I'm just kidding. Everybody's here next week. Everyone's here next week. All right. All right, Jerry. So.